the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG, and I'm Eric Clayton. There's always the temptation for religious orders to lionize their founder, to point to a single person and say, there, that's the way to live the Christian life, just do what they did. Despite the number of parishes and programs and centers named for Ignatius of Loyola, the man himself was pretty resolute on the need to have your own experience of God. His experience was exactly that, his experience. The unique way God was at work in his life. Ignatian spirituality and the spiritual exercises are gifts to us so that we can come to encounter God in our own way. So, we can look to Ignatius himself for inspiration. But as we should expect, the Ignatian tradition and the Society of Jesus has a vast array of diverse and fascinating figures. Saints and blesseds, examples we can look to from the very first days of the society to the present. Look to Ignatius, yes, but look also to the countless other sources of inspiration for living the Christian life. To help us do exactly this, the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies at Boston College has published a new, wonderful book, Jesuit Saints and Blesseds, Spiritual Profiles. The book traces the history of the society through the lens of its holy people, and is a companion for us as we explore our own paths to holiness. Back again on the podcast to talk about the book and Jesuit saints in general is Father Casey Beaumier, a Jesuit and the director of the Institute for Advanced Jesuit Studies. The conversation spans such important topics from which Jesuit saints are most inspirational in sustaining one's vocation to which Jesuit saints most deserve an academic building named after them. Hint, the answer is Joseph Pignatelli, and if you want to read up on him, there's a link in the show notes, where we've also included a link to the book and the Institute. Now, here's Father Casey. Father Casey Bomier, welcome back to AMDG. We're so glad you're uh, you're back with us today. I'm delighted to join Eric. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, of course, and and we're we're pumped because there's a great new book um, that that your office has put out, Jesuit Saints and Blesseds: Spiritual Profiles. And and while listeners can't see it, it's it's quite a tome here. Lots of great information, lots of great history, uh, and I'm excited to, to talk with you about it today. Um, so let's let's just start right there. Um, why? Why this book and, and why now? Well, that's a very good question. It's not a book that we were planning on doing. It was a book that we were approached and asked to take on. So, you know, and the listeners know that we just concluded an Ignatian year. And part of the celebration of that Ignatian year was the society's governance to, to produce a book on Jesuit saints and blessings and to have that be available for, for readers. So this book had been published already in French. It had already been published in Spanish. And we were asked by the Curia, would we take on at our institute the English version of this? So we did. And as you just referenced, it's a big book. So we didn't finish it within the Ignatian year, unfortunately. But we're just on the cusp of the end of the year. And I still think that it's an excellent source for people who are wanting to know more about that community of saints and blesseds within the society's history. And I think that helps animate us in the present. And I believe that that was probably the, the intention of the Curia in Rome 
when it came up with this idea of such a, a collection to be distributed and available in multiple languages. Yeah, and I, I like I like this idea that um, this is a project that that began in the Ignatian year, but it but it's bearing fruit beyond the year. And I think that's probably a really good way to think about the Ignatian year in general, right? Is that this was an opportunity for for all of us to kind of think more deeply about, um, you know, how are we encountering Christ anew, you know, through the the gateways of Ignatian spirituality. Um, and, and then this book, which is a testament to, you know, generations of people who have been encountering Christ anew through the Ignatian spirituality is is one of those good fruits. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's unique about saints and blesseds in the Ignatian tradition? Is, is there a particular through line that you think readers are going to detect or you want readers to detect? Well, I think part of the goal would be to recognize that this community of saints and blesseds have a common origin in the sense of the charism of the society. And what's beautiful about that is over the centuries, we can see how that that charism motivated and inspired Jesuits from all over the world to to contribute to the upbuilding of on earth as it is in heaven. And some did that through exemplary holy lives. Others did that through the giving, through martyrdom of their lives. And there were contributions for the governance and the perpetuity of the, the, the society into the future. So I think the great thread that is uh, strung throughout the entire history of those saints and blesseds is that they were all formed in the spiritual exercises. They're all within the governance of our constitutions and that they took the charism of the society and enculturated it into the different eras, the different cultures in which those Jesuits found themselves. And they're, they're very different stories. And I think part of the gift of that is to say, well, even with all of that diversity, there's this beautiful common link of wanting to be contributing to the greater glory of God as a, an apostle of Jesus in our world today. How would you um, define the charism? Is, is, that, is that how you would define the charism of, of, uh, of the Ignatian spirituality of the Jesuit Society of Jesus? Or, or is there a—when you, when you say charism, what are you thinking about, just for, for listeners to have in their minds? Well, I think of charism as the fuel that motivates and propels. And for, for those who are formed in the Ignatian charism, I think a key element of that are certain aspects of spiritual exercises that— that we take away from engaging in them. So for example, the first principle and foundation that reminds each of us that we're here to praise and reverence and serve God, and that that's our response to the receptivity of unconditional divine love. And then I would say too, that the meditation on the call of the king, the invitation to contribute to the kingdom, to be a part of that noble endeavor of of creating on earth as it is in heaven, contributing to on earth as it is in heaven. Those are key aspects of the charism. And then, of course, we know from the discernment of spirits, which is so very important to Jesuit spirituality, that discernment of spirits reveals that there's a good spirit that's motivating and protecting and inspiring. And then there's a bad spirit that's at work that's trying to destroy and to take down and to discourage and we can see how those spirits over the course of centuries can can both inspire and muddle the the apostolates of the society and the the members and the colleagues the friends who are close to the jesuits 
Would would you say that um, you know as you as you worked through this book and as you've thought about these these many different you know figures, has the charism evolved, changed, or or does it just kind of take on different kind of color and shape based on the culture and timeline in which it it, it finds itself? That's a beautiful question. When I talk about charism here at BC, I talk about a campfire, and you know when if you're a camper, if you're somebody who loves the outdoors, there's a a continuous need to feed the coals of the fire. So there's got to be a perpetual source of energy that's going into maintaining that fire. And that many people are drawn to the light and the, the, the outer surface of that fire is often what people delight in experiencing and encountering. So in different eras, I think uh, the society, its colleagues, its friends, space they pay special attention to the building of of that coal keeping that burning and and intense and then in other eras it might be that there's some coasting that goes along and there needs to be a renewal but the the goal throughout all of the history and i say this for christianity is to keep the fire of the good spirit fed and 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 animated and paying attention to it so that its light draws us but also so that we feel a part of it, that we're contributing to it and that we're drawing people close to it. And I, I think when we study Jesuit saints and blesseds, we see how in different moments of history, Jesuits and their companions have, have tried to contribute through that particular charism to this greater fire of the faith of belief in Jesus. Yeah, I like that image a lot, and I like you know, uh, the, you know thinking around, th- thinking of sitting around a campfire, right? The, the need to feed it and to do it, you have to participate in it as well, right? As and you're, you're not just enjoying its warmth, because if, if you're just enjoying its warmth, eventually it um, kind of it goes down, right? Um, so, so there's a participatory aspect of that as well. And we look to the saints and blesseds to inspire us to to be contributors like that. I think that's that's a big part of what their role is for us is to look and to see how it is that people were were active in that so that that might make us move to be more active today. Kind of pulling on that thread, you know, I know, I know one of the things that, that Pope Francis talks about and has written a lot about is, um, you know, we're all called to be saints. We're all called to this life of holiness. Is there a particular way in which, um, again, you're kind of like just, you know, regular folks on the, on the streets are going to are going to look at the, these lives and say, oh, this is a, a different way into that. This is a different way into the, you know, the campfire or, or, or this life of holiness that I hadn't thought about before. Is, is there something there that, that um, you might, it kind of comes to mind that you might offer as, as a little bit of inspiration to folks? Sure. Well, I think about uh, Joseph Pignatelli, for example, St. Pignatelli. He was the Jesuit uh, that was instrumental in the refounding of the society after the suppression. I think about Ignatius of Loyola, too. In many ways, those two were practically administrators, you know, just behind desks and communicators, writing letters, navigating. I think sometimes when we think of, of saints and blesseds, we think of, of martyrs or we think of, of travels and, and missions that are, that are so very active. So I, I think one of the beautiful things about learning about saints and blesseds is to discover that that the entree into that kind of holiness is available through all sorts of kinds of apostolates 
and that people who spend a great deal of time administering can live exemplary lives and be and models and be models for us today too just as someone who like Francis Xavier traveled across the world and and inspired people with first encounters with Christianity that that's that's great and i i would say it's so excellent that we can see different kinds of very human activities leading to that kind of of recognition and and beauty that we find in saints and blesseds. I, I love the idea of the administrator saint because I think so often we we it's tempting to get overwhelmed by these you know these wow these lives are so intense and you know, over the top and um and and no as you say like there's you know there's very kind of basic aspects of of of, of humanity that 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 are holy as well and 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 we can we can find ourselves in there. So you've you've named a few saints, a few we know, Ignatius, Francis. Um, I think the joke always is, right, you know, for all the Jesuit parishes out there in the world, they're all named St. Ignatius, maybe a St. Francis Xavier. Um, what are some of the, the lesser-known Jesuit saints that, that perhaps don't have a parish named after them um, that, that we should know about, that folks should, uh, uh, should, should be thinking about just as, as, a, as an on-ramp into this project? Well, I think of a saint like Stanislas Koska, who desperately wanted to enter the Society of Jesus, but he didn't have his his family's approval. So he walked, he walked and walked and walked against his family's wishes to the novitiate under the tutelage of Peter Canisius and entered the society. And he, he became ill and died as a novice. But his example and his narrative are special because he was just a, a young boy and had such fervor and determination against what people would have expected and wanted for him, I think that might speak to young people today in a world where living a faith life isn't always so easy or encouraged. So I, I think that that particular saint, Sedanislas Koska, can be important for us today. I also think about somebody like Alberto Hurtado from Chile. Now this Jesuit went around in a green truck and met people in the neighborhoods. He, he went through their doors. I mean, he was out and about using the technology of his time, a motor vehicle to get into poor neighborhoods and to be with people. In fact, I've never, I've never been to South America, but in Chile, you can still go to see his green truck. It's preserved and, and kind wow. of a, kind of a relic of sorts, I suppose. But I think his life is interesting for us because he demonstrates how to make use of some technology, some some material thing of his era that could be useful in spreading the gospel and, and making himself available and encountering people where they are. I think about here, Eric, with the podcast that you're directing, this is another kind of example of that use of something current to help encounter faith for people in the the environments in which they find themselves. So those kinds of examples, Stanislas Koska, Alberto Hurtado, I find them to be very significant. And then as we know, Pope Francis elevated uh, St. Peter Faber uh, to the mm -hmm. sainthood. He had been a blessed. He was one of the first companions of Ignatius. He was a diocesan priest and famous 
because he was a, a person who could give the spiritual exercises in a, a, an amazing way. In fact, he has a directory of how to give the exercises that our publishing house has translated into English. A very, very important early Jesuit for the gift of the spiritual exercises. And I, I think that his elevation to sainthood, remember, he didn't uh, produce a miracle. There's no, there's no uh, place to visit his body. It's not been preserved. But our Pope Francis knew this is a Jesuit whose efforts in making the exercises accessible and understandable have, have borne fruit for centuries and that he should be recognized in our faith as an exemplary contributor to the apostolate. So I, I, I'm a fan of Peter Faber because he was somebody early on that really wasn't known to the degree that he is now because of the light of, of sainthood that has been bestowed upon him. Yeah, thank you. Those are those are three great examples, and they each point to different things. And I, I'm struck kind of by several things you've said, but but just the I, the idea to go back to um, Alberto Hurtado, the um, the green the green truck. Like I I love this idea of of what are the simple objects that that are are really again gateways into the the life of faith and and the life of of a shared faith. Um, you know, because I, I think as you as you suggest. You know that those things are all around us today in our own lives and the lives of those we encounter, but we probably don't realize it until after the fact. And I also, I also love this idea of, of Faber because um, I, you know, it's 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 easy to assume well Ignatius of Loyola, he's the guy. You know, he must have been the best at all things Jesuit, and and yet no, it's actually um, you know Peter Faber n known for for his his giving of the exercises and and how important that again that companioning people in the spiritual life is. Um, as, as, as obviously Fran Pope Francis has, has, uh, has noted, but I want to actually go back to the, the first saint you mentioned, Casca, and, um, and the, cause you're talking about this, this kind of his, his struggle to live out his vocation, you know, this, this very physical path he takes that's, um, uh, and I wonder if as, as, you know, you're, you're a Jesuit, you're on a, you're on a college campus and I'm, I'm sure the idea of vocation, um, called, you know, all sorts of vocations, uh, is, is a common conversation you have with, with, with students and, and others. Do, do you lean on stories of the saints? Do you find stories of the saints inspiring, helpful to, to helping people discern their own unique vocation? How do you, how do you think about that or, or enter into those kind of conversations? Well, here at Boston College, in, in our, our main building called Gasson Hall, there's a rotunda that has Ignatius of Loyola and then the three saints of, of students, Aloysius Gonzaga, John Berkman, and Stanislas Koska. And in our St. Mary Hall, there are side altars that are also named for these saints. So often when I speak with our students about the society, because they walk by these things all the time, I try to point to their example uh, and to remind them that that oftentimes when, when you're young, you're constantly thinking about what you'll do in the future and that it's the future where where you can have an impact. Well, these examples are of young people who in their youth made tremendous example and they didn't live long lives to, con to continue the fruit of their, their efforts. God willing, we'll all live long lives but I think one of the gifts of, of some of the younger saints is that we're reminded that what we have is today. We have today to live lives of giving glory to God, to, to praise and reverence and serve God. And holy discernment is about the future. 
But the only guarantee that any of us have is the here and now. So I guess part of what I'm trying to say is that often in my conversations with students, they're projecting, you know, maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. That's discernment. And I think that's, that's a very important part of the charism, but not at the expense of what it is that we can do by who we are in the present moment of, of the gift of today that we have. And I think that gentle reminder of the here and now can lift us in holiness in the present. And that grace builds on nature. The more that we're aware of that in the present moment, I think the more confident we feel in being apostles and disciples in our world for today. Because that's, that's the whole gift of Christianity is that it's a, it's a movement of continuity. There's, there's a continuity for centuries of people becoming more and more aware of this reality in the present. And part of the gift of saints and blesseds is that we see in the past how that could be true. And the good spirit reminds us that if that's true in the past, well, it must be true today. And God willing, it will continue to be true for the future. Yeah, that's really helpful. I, I think you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. The idea of vocation is, is too often, I do it myself, is too often projected. You know, I haven't gotten there yet, or we're still living into it as opposed to living it out right now. I think it's really helpful. And I think it is really, uh, you know, perfect example of the saints to look to, 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 re- to remember this, this can be done. Um, any, any saints, any names in, in this book or this project that, that surprised you um, in any ways? Well, there are in this book, some Jesuits who are not saints. Uh, so for example, Pedro Arupe is included. Mm. And I think part of the, the goal in, in this is to, to simply remind people that this is a process, right? That there are, there are people in the present moment who are being fashioned into holiness through the mystery of, of the process of canonization that we should keep our eyes on and that we should be aware of. And I, I find that to be encouraging too, that I think sometimes we think of saints and blesseds as they're all the past and to know, no, God, God is active today. God is, is active in, in reminding us of, of how there have been recent examples and how there are people today who are being fashioned into the saints and blesseds of tomorrow. And I think our recognizing this can lift us in, hope and strengthen our faith and bind us in a greater love with Christ. Yeah, no, that, that's, I, I, again, it reminds, brings me back to that kind of the, the, the mantra of the Ignatian year, right? Seeing all things new in Christ and, and seeing people, you know, people and, and, and the good work that people are doing uh, with those eyes, I think, can do exactly as you're, as you're suggesting, right? Remind us that saints are, are being created all around us. Um, uh, kind of on, in the same kind of line of thinking as, as, you know, looking at the people around us today. And, um, you, uh, in, in this book are a number of contributors, right? Including the, the late great, uh, Jesuit historian, uh, Father John O'Malley, but, but many other, uh, Jesuits and non-Jesuits from around the world, um, contributing to this, this collection. What was it like to, to kind of steward those words? And, and why was it important to have all these different perspectives, um, writing, uh, you know, in this, in this collection? Well, that's a beautiful question because we actually were working on this book uh, during the time that John O'Malley was still living. And then it kind of took on a more serious uh, responsibility after he passed away. So I think it was with, 
with greater reverence. Uh, in fact, we put his name uh, on the cover and, and just to reverence the great, great contributions he's made to our understanding of the history of the society. But to the point of, of the variety of contributors, I think part of the takeaway for us, and Matt Schweitzer at our office and I worked on this project locally, it just reminded us that it's a global endeavor. And the translation work that went into this, some of that was here at the Institute at Boston College. Some of that was done by companions whom neither of us have ever met. But there were people from around the world who care about this gift of saints and blesseds within the charism of the order, whose reflections and, and thoughtfulness contributed to, I think, a marvelous book that hopefully people can gain a great deal of, of wisdom from as they encounter it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll confess that the, the way that I first met many of these Jesuit saints are uh, just by wandering around my own um, Jesuit alma mater, Fairfield University, and, and looking at the names of buildings, you know, Gonzaga, Casca, um, Regis. Um, you know, so I wonder if kind of as you've been, if you wrapped up this project, you've been really thinking hard about these different saints. Are there any Jesuits in this book that you say, you know what, the next building that comes that comes online at, at Boston College or any Jesuit university should be named after this person? Is there anyone there? Make an argument. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I'll tell you, I'm kind of obsessed with Pignatelli lately. And in fact, we've proposed, could there be some Pignatelli studies that we might be able to engage in? Because he's a Jesuit that saw faith through in a very difficult circumstance, you know, after there was a stop and then a start, I find, and then also uh, Ricci, the, the general who uh, was there at the suppression start, those two, I think, are bookend generals that are really fascinating. And I would like to know more about them. But I do think of Pignatelli as, as a very significant and I think understudied, perhaps underappreciated, Jesuit for the way that governance of the society kind of stepped up and, and really refounded the, the charism. So that's, that's a, a Jesuit that I personally would like to know more about and to, to encounter. And maybe there could be a big Natelli hall at Boston college. I don't know. There you go. So give give listeners a brief um, insight into who Joseph Pignatelli was, because I agree he's particularly fascinating and 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 essential to the to the legacy of the Jesuits, and yet very uh, little known. I feel like in, in the general Ignatian family. Well, in a in a very brief way, uh, people know uh, because of the Ignatian year that the society had gone through a, a suppression. And its restoration was under the leadership of, of Joseph Pignatelli. And you can imagine for, think about a worldwide organization for which there was just a remnant that had been able to continue to, to renew. To, it's almost like a, we come back to our image of the fire. Think about a fire that has gone through a, a terrible rainstorm. And there's still some smoke that's there, maybe a little bit of coal that's glowing slightly. Joseph Pignatelli would be the firekeeper who billowed the society to life again so that there was this great explosion. And I, I would say that in the United States, our, our creativity that 
that came from the origins of the work of the society in the United States. We can look to somebody like Pignatelli and his his radical restart as maybe the 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 saint whom we should regard with tremendous respect and devotion because of all that the Jesuits from around the world did as they came to the US. That that's maybe a, a brief piece. I'd say come read. Take a take a peek at those uh, excerpts to learn more. And I would like it if our institute could could publish some of his writings in English translations so that all of us might be able to learn more. Yeah. All right. Pignatelli Hall, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Jesuit who, who saves the Jesuits. Um, Father Casey, where can folks get this book now that they're interested in, uh, in, in learning more? What's the best way to get their hands on it? Well, the best way would be to go to our web store. So Jesuit Sources at bc.edu. Uh, or you can maybe put that into the the show notes. Awesome. And this is a book that has been a tremendous surprise for us. Actually, it's only been out for a brief time and it's doing very well. And for us as a small publishing house, this is delightful because it's a book that we have really put a lot of effort into. We've been so hopeful for it. So my wish is that anyone who's close to the society might find in that not just good information, but spiritual food that nourishes and encourages in a time where I think many of us hunger for deeper appreciation, deeper awareness, deeper understanding. This is that kind of book. And it's also the kind of book that you can pick up, read about someone and put it down and come back sometime later. It's not, it's not something that you have to sit down and read at once in order to, to follow a narrative. It's, it's really, I think, a prayerful companion. And in that sense, it should be, I think, a very important spiritual help for people. Yeah, I agree. It's also a great book to bring to the beach. It's a great Christmas gift um, for your under your Christmas tree. It's whatever, anything you need. This is this is the book you want. Um, that's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that it's it's uh, flying off the shelves. Um, great source, great great resource for folks. Um, Father Casey, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you'll come back again. I'm grateful for the time, Eric. Thanks for hosting me. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. This episode was edited by me, Eric Clayton. Our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Mike Lasky, Marcus Bleach, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, Kristen Smith, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits at Jesuits.org and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get our weekly email reflection series. Now discern this by visiting jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about becoming a Jesuit or Jesuit life in general, connect with your local vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, as St. Ignatius may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire. <laughs>